Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Top Stories, bringing you the biggest news in the world, years after it was first reported on the Bugle podcast. I am Andy Zaltzman. In June 2013, the G8 were getting together for their annual jolly. Ireland was playing host to this diplomatic dance. Here I am with John Oliver in issue 239 of the Bugle, entitled, Goodness Gracious, G8 Balls of Tennis. <laughs> Top story this week! G G G G G G G G H Summit. Um, it was the G Eight Summit in Ireland this last week, Andy, and it played out like any of the regular earth-shatteringly important G Eight summits in the past. Eight leaders enter, Andy. Eight leaders leave, having achieved very little in the process. At these summits always seemed to be a sequence of photo ops of people shaking hands, uh, then a series of discussions about having discussions, and then a sequence of photo ops of standing in a group together. <laughs> At the end of which, it's always claimed that relationships have improved, with the only evidence being that no one was wearing ties. And that's basically it. That's basically how every G8 summit goes. Uh, protesters in Ireland showed up in big papier-mâché heads of the leaders, uh, which seems very much to be the standard protest move now, Andy. You make a huge head version of someone, and then you walk around waving like a satirical side bottom. Uh, there was there was one Irish woman uh, who was captured on TV who was interviewed sitting at the side of the road in a garden chair, uh, who I think had the best complaint. As the motorcades went past, she looked at the camera and said, This is all costing so much money. Why can't they do what we all do and just stay home and Skype? <laughs> I mean, she raises, you know, an interesting point, and not a good point, but an interesting yeah. point. And, you know, in, in many ways, those are the best points. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't see why they couldn't well, they couldn't do that. I mean, that, I could get everyone. I mean, they could just open it up to the whole world then, couldn't they? Instead yeah. of just being eight. Could be like all seven billion people in the world on <laughs> Skype. Oh, on Skype, shouting at each yeah, other. Yeah. That's, you know, that's just you know, broadening it out a bit, isn't it? No, either... That would solve all the world's problems, or it would make everyone aware of how difficult diplomacy is yeah. and teach them not to expect so much. You know, it that seems to be a win-win or a lose-lose. Yeah. Again, it doesn't matter. Well, one man's loss is another man's win, John. So, you know, <laughs> you say lose-lose, I say win-win. <laughs> uh, perhaps the most chilling move was that they apparently put fake paintings 
of bustling storefronts <laughs> over all the closed-down stores on the motorcade route. And that is a pretty draconian move for Ireland, Andy. I do hope they let the Irish people keep the fake shop fronts so that they too can live under the warming illusion that Ireland's economy is not completely <laughs> fucked. That sounds like the kind of thing that the North Koreans would do it and is, would be rightly is, lampooned for. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. Did you see it at all? I did see yes, it. I saw one picture yeah. in the uh, paper. It was yeah. just, it, it, was, it was really chilling seeing kind of people walking past it going, there's no way, there's <laughs> no way they're doing something that, oh, I, I guess they're treating us with complete contempt. <laughs> That's what international politics is all about, though, John. Giving the yeah. illusion that things are not nearly as shit as they actually are. I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Uh, they, they, I guess they were just doing to those storefronts what they're trying to do to the world. Yeah. Uh, security was stepped up, understandably, with the US Secret Service uh, apparently apparently trying to blend in by using tractors and posing as farmers. Now, <laughs> locals apparently said that it wouldn't be hard to recognise them as the US Secret Service because, and I quote, their tractors were new and shiny. <laughs> oh, Really? That would have been the giveaway. Just that, not, will you take a look at Farmer Leary over there? Sure he's got a wire coming out of his ear and a pair of fancy sunglasses on. And will you look at how jacked he is and that huge gun he's got. Good for old Farmer Leary making significant life changes later on in his years. Hold on. I think his tractor has an unusual shine to it. We're being fucking tricked! Yeah, it's lucky no one spotted the sheepercopters. So, I mean, that's some pretty big issues to deal with. Uh, Syria, obviously, uh, that is the vomit that keeps chundering uh, over the world's world's menus. Um, That's true. uh, uh, I mean, they're they're trying to reach um, some resolution. Um, Basically, I mean, asking nicely simply hasn't worked. Uh, And they've kind of finally said this is really the last straw now. Oh, no, hang on. The Russians have just turned up with a new bale of straw. You're still good to go, I said. You're still good to go. (laughs) Again, you just end up feeling really sorry for the people of Syria with ongoing atrocities by both government forces and rogue extremist factions of the... uh, Rebels, I guess the people of Syria left feeling very much like a mermaid trying to referee an MMA fight between a man-eating lion and a very hungry shark. So, um, yeah, I'm sure that's exactly how they feel, Andy. I think you might have just you just might have successfully put yourselves in their shoes, yeah. their blood-soaked shoes. Uh, there was a, there was actually controversy before the summit even started, after the Guardian revealed that the UK had spied on world leaders during the G20 summit in 2009. And I think uh, David Cameron's early attempt to settle the leaders down was to say, yeah, it's OK, everyone, we weren't prying uh, back in 2009. We're just perverts. Uh, we, we weren't trying to get any state secrets. We just wanted to see what Nicolas Sarkozy looked like when he was in the shower. And, and with that in mind, Andy, let's all just accept that there was no way that there was ever an international summit anywhere in Italy without Berlusconi having people cameras in everyone's room. <laughs> That's just a fact. In fact, President Clinton even admitted that he had spied on leaders back in 1994 in Miami when this news came out. And the technology back then was basically nailing CIA agents into the ceiling of hotel rooms <laughs> and having them lower down a microphone whenever anyone was talking. Uh, all of this... 
threatened to derail the talks before they'd even begun. No one was happy over these revelations. And when you have the Russians telling you off about spying, you are over the line. <laughs> Especially when the current leader of Russia used to work for the f- KGB. I think, I think maybe he's just old school, Andy. That's the problem. That's, he's just offended by the technology. Just well, Why would you uh, listen to somebody when you could just beat the secrets out of them instead? What is happening to the world? So when it came to Syria, the, G- uh, the G8 very much stepped up to the plates and had that plate filled with some unnecessarily expensive food, then sat down for a romantic dinner with itself, at which it resolved <laughs> definitively to meet again sometime soonish to re- in order to resolve to do something about uh, resolving to resolve the crisis through some form of resolution, the exact form <laughs> of think... which is still to be resolved. So well, progress, that's, that's progress, official, I think that's the official statement, Andy. <laughs> I think you might have just read out the official <laughs> statement there. Well, so far, the international strategy on Syria has been, fingers crossed, here goes nothing and nothing has indeed gone and does not seem to have worked which was possibly influenced by the Iraq strategy when the Bushiak Blairian strategy was fingers crossed here goes something so it's, <laughs> I guess it's that balance between something and nothing that's the tricky one to strike it's true it was the, it was the big topic of discussion Syria with the leaders trying to build a consensus which is very difficult when you've got Vladimir Putin in the room <laughs> uh, apparently at one point uh, he brought up the video of uh, a rebel killing an Assad soldier and eating his internal organs and I hope he saved that comment Andy for just when the G8 leaders had sat down to dinner and the starters had been served so you could hear plates getting pushed across the table and muttering of yeah I'm I'm, I'm not actually hungry thank you thanks a lot for that Vlad we'll just take the check please (laughs) Uh, Cameron uh, tweeted that he'd had an encouraging working dinner on Syria last night oh uh well, if he tweeted it, Andy, yeah. it must have been true. So, uh, but given that what we discussed recently about how Churchill and Stalin lubricated <laughs> their yes. working dinners to get the uh, wheels of their diplomatic disco dancing going, uh, I trust Cameron just plonked a crate of Thunderbird on the table, down two bottles himself to set an example, and just started bonding, and that the evening ended with a Japanese Prime Minister standing on the table with a karaoke machine, machine belting out, <laughs> I am the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he uh, also tweeted a picture of the rather tasty-looking menu for the dinner. <laughs> now, oh, yeah. Cameron is frequently criticised for being out of touch with the public, um, largely because <laughs> he is clearly out of touch with the public. Um, and this seemed to really rile people, because, I mean, it wasn't the kind of classic G8 17-course extravaganza like they've had in the past, particularly when discussing the world food crisis. But this current menu did include violet artichokes, um, which coincidentally was the name of one of the strippers George Osborne hired for the Bullington Club back in their Oxford days. But <laughs> it made you think, why in heaven's name did Cameron tweet this picture? Because, you know, of course, everyone assumes during the G8 hookup for their annual vaguely targeted chinwagon pyjama party, they probably eat reasonably well. No one would ex- have expected Cameron to tweet yeah. a picture of Angela Merkel ordering extra chilli sauce with her large donor at Hakan's kebab van. <laughs> uh, even then, people would still complain, saying oh, they've probably got their chips on expenses. But Cameron is a politician who's permanently concerned about how he presents himself to his unadoring public. And I guess in that respect, he's like for example, all other politicians. But it does raise the possibility that the reason he tweeted 
this menu to show that he was having kill-keel crab, prawn and avocado salad followed by fillet and shin of ketile beef with violet artichokes was that he actually considered this meal a bit plebeian by his <laughs> usual standards. <laughs> it's true. And wanted to show that he's just like ordinary people. He will eat other beef than Wagyu beef, albeit reluctantly. <laughs> if you cut him, does he not bleed? Yes, I mean, the blood's a bit bluer than some, but that could be a dietary issue. But And, and well done to him for not including the hashtag with the tweet. Hashtag can't believe I'm eating this slop. So, man of the people, John. Look, I'm eating your peasant food. <laughs> that was another top story. Thank you very much for listening. Now do pop over to the mothership to listen to the latest issue of the Bugle podcast. Very much like what you've just listened to, but from now or, or very recently. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.